Hey guys, Jason Valen at Hard Money Bankers sitting next to me, the infamous Terry Royce from JT Homes. A lot of people in the Baltimore DC area know Terry because he's a pretty large wholesaler and a lot of the properties he buys are through auctions. So I want to sit down with Terry today, kind of go over the auction process because I think there's a lot of misconceptions related to how auctions actually work. So why don't we start by just run down kind of what an auction is and how the process works. Sure. So yeah, auctions are a big chunk of what we do. We buy auctions, um, off-market deals, hub-zoo deals, all that stuff. But auctions are a big source of what we buy. And the auction process is basically in Maryland, when, as you know, being a lender, when you have a deed of trust on a property and that goes into default, the lender takes it to the foreclosure process. And here in Maryland, all of those are done at the uh, county courthouse in the district where that property is located. And it's sold to the highest bidder. Uh, Maryland is not, you don't get the bids beforehand. A lot of other states you do. Sure. So Maryland is one of those states you have to kind of just, you know, look, you have no idea what the properties are going to go for. Um, so that's kind of one unique part about the Maryland process is you kind of have to be ready for whatever, for any of the properties. And, and is there auctions uh, every day or Monday through Friday? You know, how are those kind of lined up? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to, it's going to depend on the county. Um, the bigger, what we call the Millhouse uh, foreclosure trustees, kind of have each of their counties, um, what are, what's the word I'm looking for? They do them on certain days, but throughout the, the state, they're Monday through Friday in different counties. Um, so in Rundle County might be on Mondays and Wednesdays. Baltimore City might be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, but the schedule can vary. It's fixed. I mean, you have to look where they're published. Some of them are published online, some of them are published in the newspaper. Sure, so they're kind and, of and they're at the courthouse mostly or at the individual properties, because? 99.9% .9 of them are done at the courthouse on the steps, so they're live in person. I know a lot of states like Florida, they're all online, and that's like a big kind of drops the, the hurdle in Florida because there's sure. a lot of foreign money that buys, a lot of out-of-state money, but here Got in Maryland, it. you have to be physically present. How many people would you say show up to some of these auctions? And, and who, who are they? Are they mostly just investors or do homeowners buy properties at auctions too? Um, I would say they're mostly investors. There are homeowners from time to time, but uh, I would say if there's a big batch, it could be, I've seen as many as 50, 60, 70 people. Um, and a lot of those people may be coming out for one particular property. Yeah. And that's kind of where we differ. We look at everything the from the worst row house in Baltimore to the million, $2 million house in Annapolis or... So uh, you're looking at everything and you're prepared for everything ahead of time and then you have specific bids and whoever's, I guess, going to that auction on your behalf, if you're not the one actually physically going, is prepared to, uh, yep, 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 until it hits that, until it hits your number? Yeah, so we'll, we have to do all of our due diligence on the properties and that was, I was actually looking in our system uh, here before you got here. I think over the last four years, we've looked at almost 30,000 properties. Um, over the years or that are, have at least been on our chart. We've probably looked at, I would say 70% of those in person. And I, so, I mean, there's a large volume. That's what people don't realize. There's a large volume of properties that go up to look at, to get wow. a select few. And fast or rewind before the, uh, the auction pro the, the actual auction sale. How long does it take before it gets to that? Like, when are you no notified? Is it like a 90 day period ahead of time that these are gonna go to auction at this particular date? Yeah, well, a lot of them, I mean, they get filed in land records and, and things like that, that they are starting the foreclosure process, but they actually get scheduled, uh, I would say probably anywhere from 
three to four weeks because the legal laws for the foreclosure process in Maryland, you have to post it X number of times in the newspaper or other circulation uh, post notice. So there's a, from when it actually gets scheduled, I would say it's probably between three to four weeks. Got it. So what else do you think viewers would want to know just about the auction process if, if they're new? And then I want to get into a little bit about how your organization operates. So like, is there anything else I'm missing that, you know, you can shed some light on related to just how the auction process works? I mean, can a one, one man operation, let's say, hey, I want to buy a property and, you know, I have a $25,000 I want to put into it type of thing. Can I come in there with a check and buy a property, you know, buy an auction? Yeah, you can. I mean, that's the hard part about this business and what makes it like actually more of a business than a lot of other things is that it forces, well, at least for me in the beginning, that was the thing we would look at a select number of properties and what I would call cherry pick. Yeah. But if, if we look at, let's say 250 to 300 properties a week, only a handful of those are going to be bid worthy and or open at a number that's uh, a reasonable number sure. for an investor to buy. So as a one man show, you're going to look at, I, I mean, in Baltimore City alone, there's probably 70 to 80 properties per week. So if you're being really selective, you have to figure, let's say we're in Federal Hill right now, sure. there's only going to be throughout the course of the year, maybe three to five properties in this neighborhood. If you're like, a, hey, I only rehab or invest in Federal Hill, you're kind of narrowing it down and you're kind of, Got and those it. properties go for a premium. And that's why I think it's better to look at a wide range of properties and whether this be the auction process or what you're doing direct mail, that's why wholesaling to me is the best business because it allows you to cast a wider net, filter sure. out the junk, and then you can select the properties. When you narrow in real selectively, if you're a rehabber and want to say, hey, I'm only rehabbing in Columbia or Federal Hill, you've got a really narrow focus and it's sure. going to be a lot harder. If I say, hey, I'm going to market to all of Baltimore City, 80% of what I get isn't going to be something I would buy. Got it but I'm, I can monetize those leads. So but the thing I'm getting at is as a small investor, you can come in, but the, you, you've got a big mountain to climb and you have to personally look at those properties, comp them, sure. determine them. A third of them are gonna get canceled. So a third <clears throat> of the work you're doing is for nothing. That's right. So that's why, whether it be direct mail or auctions or MLS marketing, it's really, in my opinion, I used to think it was difficult to scale and like, chunk out the jobs so that each person sure. on your team can have a specific role. Got it. Yeah, let's go through that a little bit. So um, I know a lot of the stuff you do is wholesale. I know you also buy stuff you know, for, for rent or for rehab. Walk us through that process. Let's say, hey, you just got back from the auction and you, ha you have a property. Like, What's the next step inside your organization? Sure. So we kind of identify right away, try to quickly at least identify what our primary objective with that is. And it may, it may be up to, well, is it occupied? Do we think we can sell it or wholesale it? So we may have say, okay, well, our first objective is to try to sell it. If we can't get a certain number or if we can't sell it, then we'll say, okay, well, let's look at rehabbing this as a retail property or take it and keep it as a rental. Sure. So another thing that we didn't dive into when you were talking about with auctions specifically, and even a lot of Hubzoo deals is that they could be occupied um, with either a tenant or the owner, and you may have to either give them cash for keys, they may not be cooperative and give you any information, so you may have to go through the eviction process. Sure. So there's a lot of hurdles there, and plus like you kind of alluded to the deposits, you have to have hard cash, not cash, certified checks, which are basically cash at the auctions on site to place when you buy it, and once you put that money down, I mean, it's, it's gone. Um, and that's what a lot of people don't realize is that you know, that money's gone. I'd say our average deposit is probably anywhere from 10 to 20,000. 
per property, and we place deposits as big as fifty to seventy thousand. And you do a bunch at a time sometimes if you have multiple properties hit. So yeah, I mean, like we, you're floating a good amount of money, and that's you know I think a challenge for a lot of a lot or they don't realize that's something that's an issue. And if I just wanted to identify one property, chances are, like you said, there's a third of a chance that it's not going to get even uh, auctioned off because it could get canceled last minute. Um, yeah. And there's so. No, all, all good things. But you were asking about the process. That was yeah. kind of leading to we have to determine the occupancy, figure out what the strategy is. And, you know, actually, uh, Leon, who you met here earlier, is getting ready to go to one of our properties that we bought down the street in Locust Point, which was occupied when we bought it. And we worked out an agreement with that occupant to stay for about a month um, and then leave after that month. So sure. he, we, he's basically staying in our property that we have legal rights to now for free as part of the agreement we worked out. So there's a lot of variables in any project that you just yeah. don't know. And exactly. that's kind of what makes it a little bit of exciting and a little bit of um, barriers for everybody because a lot of people are afraid to go through those hurdles. Sure, got it. Yeah, so on your team, just maybe identify who it is. You don't have to name the person, but maybe what their individual, kind of what roles are. So let's say, you know, I want to, I want to do this at scale. Like how would it have to be set up? Yeah, I mean, we have, um, whether it's our, any kind of deal, whether it's auction, direct mail, direct to seller, MLS, we have um, a team of guys, uh, four full-time guys and a couple part-time guys that look at properties full-time. So these properties, I probably haven't looked at one myself before we bought it in the last two years. So they, they are just looking at properties and uh, determining occupancy. If after we buy a property, they may be checking on it, making sure the water's off, making sure that people have moved out when they said they're gonna move out, coordinating move outs. So we have four full-time, two part-time people that do that. We have a, a full-time office manager. We have a another lead transaction uh, sales manager. We have an acquisitions manager that deals with our direct-to-seller stuff from uh, other marketing that we do. And then uh, me and my partner, he handles most of the construction. I really don't deal with any of that. And that was something I realized early on when I was wholesaling, everybody's like, oh, let's, I want to wholesale and I want to rehab and I want to own like a mobile home park. That was the thing. Everybody gets distracted. Sure. So I realized early on I started doing rehabs and it would distract me from my existing business. And that was kind of why I partnered with him was because he could handle all of the construction and allowed yep. me to focus. Same way my, we have the members on our team focusing <clears throat> on individual roles. Yep. It allowed me to focus just on the acquisition and the sale to investors. So he sure. focuses also on the acquisition but handles the construction for our Got rentals it. and our rehabs and things like that. Um, so it's, and then we have a team of VAs overseas. We have about six or seven full-time VAs and they have a, the one guy we deal with, he has a team underneath him that we've helped build out who handles a lot of the backend stuff up front for researching properties, um, doing a lot of the repeatable tasks in our business that can be outsourced. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot to go. There's a lot to go into it. I certainly understand that. Um, all right. So one more, one last question, because there's obviously some misconceptions related to wholesaling uh, an auction property. And you know, do you have the right to wholesale it? When can you start wholesaling? How does the process work? Um, substitute purchase agreements, stuff like that. So let's just walk through that process real quick. Okay. And uh, yeah, I think that gives everybody a lot of good information. So you can uh, you can wholesale them, but it is it's a lot of uh, paperwork. The the bank has to sign off on it. Um, so you have a legal document that has to be drafted, signed by the buyer, signed by the uh, foreclosure <clears throat> trustee, and yourself. 
And then you're, depending on your deposit, which the buyer may or may not reimburse partial or in full, you could still, if you have a $20,000 deposit and your buyer might only want to put up 15 or five or something, a smaller amount, your money is still at risk in that deal. And that's kind of one of the tough parts about wholesaling these is if I put up 30 grand, all the buyers may not be like, well, I only want to put up five. So 20, 15, whatever thousand dollars of our money could still be stuck in the deal. And then the ratification process is, you know, a lot of wholesalers are like, oh, it's closing two weeks. And, but the uh, auction process could take anywhere from 45 days to, we've had deals take 18 months to, uh, sure. we actually have one right now. I think we're almost on uh, two years that has been. Is the buyer still on? Like, no, we had a buyer and then it fell, you know, the sure. buyer didn't want to wait any longer. And then the old owner moved people into the property <laughs> while we had it. Um, so, and then, so now that- Why not? They get free rent out of it. Yeah, they're getting free <laughs> rent and the property is in tax sale now. And, and that's another thing with these properties. So are, uh, you, are you paying the taxes on it to, well, to, to protect your interest? Um, no, we're not because it was in tax sale before I think that we got bought it, it. Got it. But there's some gray area about who's responsible. A lot of that's these right. auction deals that people don't realize is You're you could be responsible for some or all of the bills that that's right. could accrue. Yeah. Um, so if you have a deal that takes, we bought a $800,000 house last year in Baltimore County and it took uh, 16 months to ratify. We had to pay yeah. all the property taxes on that throughout that process along with yeah. um, interest to the trustee and all that. I mean, now you're talking about thirty, forty $40,000 worth of costs. Yeah. Again, just like anything with real estate investing, it, the model works, it's a good model, but you gotta educate yourself and really understand Really understand it. You know, if you're looking to kind of get to a place where Terry's at or Terry's team's at, it's doable if Terry can do it, you can do it, obviously, but you gotta start with one and learn the process and, you know, rinse and repeat. So all good stuff, really good, really good insight on auction stuff. I think there's just a lot of, uh, not necessarily false information out related to auctions, but a lot of unknown because people haven't, been through it and even as a lender you know we've we've been through it a lot and have foreclosed on a lot of properties and some we take over some or we'll take ownership some will do sub substitute purchase agreements but there's always those little ins and outs that until you have experience with it so all good stuff i certainly appreciate it